Thank you, Tony, and uh, welcome, everybody. It's a joy and a privilege to share with you uh, and the whole congregation uh, from my home here in sunny Winchester. So let's pray. Gracious God, through Jesus, we have a glimpse of truth and grace. Help us by your Holy Spirit to see and engage with that truth and to receive your grace as we share together. Amen. Well, friends, we embark on a journey today in a wonderful passage, which comes at the beginning of John's Gospel. Actually, the Gospel has hardly begun when we've been introduced to Jesus as the Word who brings life, the one who offers light in darkness, truth in uncertainty, and grace to transform us. John makes clear that God in Christ has come to dwell in the very midst of us, encamp amongst us. He's not sent a tweet or a WhatsApp message. Grace and truth came in Jesus, says John. He set up shop in our communities. He's on our doorstep. Moreover, the testimony of John the baptizer is that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Wow! By this time in John's Gospel, we've only got to verse 28 of chapter 1. Then there's the call of Peter and Andrew. But it is in this passage with Nathaniel that we have the first detailed encounter of Jesus with someone. It's one of a, a number of encounters that Jesus has that are reported by John. There's one Nathaniel, then there's Nicodemus, there's the woman at the well, there's the, the man who is ill at the pool of Bethesda. There's a woman caught in adultery, the man born blind, and then Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And then after the resurrection, there's the time with Mary, and then Thomas, and Peter. These are ten encounters that made John exciting reading. They're all unique to John, and they reveal something about the breadth of Jesus' ministry, the depth of his person, and the purpose of his coming. Now, lest we all get carried away, let's get back to this reading in 1 John. We find here <clears throat> two people interacting with Jesus, Philip and Nathaniel. First thing is they are finding faith. It says quite clearly in the text in verse 43, <clears throat> Jesus found Philip. But Philip, who goes to find Nathaniel, says, we found him. Now, come on, Philip. Who found who? It's Jesus who finds. It's Jesus who comes knocking on the door of our lives. You know, friends, the silliest song 
of recent times, apologies to the author, whoever it is, has to be the one that has the chorus, I found Jesus. Rubbish. Jesus has found you. He finds Philip and knows Nathaniel before they're introduced. He says to Nathaniel, <clears throat> I saw you under the fig tree. I want to share with you now uh, an image uh, of Nathaniel as it's painted by the artist Mark Casaway. You can see it now on your screen. The, the painting is part of a, a remarkable collection of modern Christian art uh, owned by the Methodist Church. And you can see that Cazalet portrays Nathaniel asleep under the tree. He's in a relaxed position. The, the ground and tree are sketched in, but it's the sleeping figure that captures our eye. Nathaniel is apparently naked, emphasizing that Jesus has seen him in his entirety. There's simplicity in this composition. Mark Cazalet comments, through all the trappings, nothing was hidden. All was exposed and acknowledged. It's a really powerful painting. And it may fill your screens now, but actually, it's only 18 centimeters square. That's seven inches in old measure. So, come back to the painting. Mark Casale captures for us the notion, the truth, that Jesus knew all about Nathaniel. Wonderfully, gloriously. God knows all about you. Nothing is hidden. There can be no masks, no pretense with you. He knows all about us, and yet he wants to find us. He wants to knock on the door of our lives. He wants to welcome us. He wants to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world for us. Now, it is at one and the same time disturbing that <laughs> there are things of which I'm ashamed, you're ashamed. And we want to keep hidden, but God knows about them. But it's also reassuring. God knows all about me, all about you, and still loves me, still loves you. And seeks to have a relationship with us. In lockdown, your front door may be locked, but God comes knocking. God comes wanting to know you, to be welcomed in your home and your life. Whoever we are, wherever we are, whatever our life circumstances. And John in his gospel is quite clear. That being found by Jesus is a transforming and healing encounter. I don't know whether you've seen 
and observed children playing hide-and-seek. They run off and hide. But if the person who is on doesn't find them quickly, they begin to, to shuffle where they are and to mumble in their hiding place or to sing or to whistle. They want to be found. My experience over a long number of years is that people want to be found by God and to find faith. Which, of course, means we need to explore faith. Finding faith, exploring faith. Don't you love the response of Nathaniel, the cynic? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I'm intrigued by the question. Yes, of course. Uh, Nazareth was an insignificant Galilean town. Can anything come from this northern town? I come from a northern town too. I've heard versions of this many times. And I have to say, I normally introduce myself as coming from Huddersfield Town Nil. This is just about right. But what, is, what if the question becomes for us today, can anything good come out of the church? There has been bad publicity from the church. Church leaders who are coercive, more concerned with the collection than they are with conversion. Church leaders who are involved or complicit in abuse of others. Church leaders supporting governments and national leaders engaging in blatant lies or unjust practices. Churches that ignore the needs of their community, who do not serve the community or stand up for justice. We know that can happen. But at its best, the church is a healing community, a place of open sharing and support, a voice for the needy, caring for the disadvantaged, serving the community, crying out about injustice and speaking truth to those in power. This week has been a really good example of church at its best. Did you hear about Litchfield Cathedral? open as a venue for coronavirus vaccinations. Traditionally, churches were, as well as places of prayer and worship, they were communities of learning, places of sanctuary, centers of healing and wholeness for the region around. Litchfield becomes for us a good example for us to follow. A church which is prophetic, a church that is welcoming and caring. A church that is sharing a gospel of transforming grace. Discipling people in that Christian faith. Offering collaborative leadership in church and community. And enabling people of God to be engaged in the community locally and globally. Yes, that would be a good thing to come out of the church. And it does. 
in many, many places. The church, a place where people can explore Christian faith, examine questions, seek answers. Finding faith, exploring faith, is really important. But this passage about Nathaniel tells us it, that faith needs to be visible. Philip says to Nathaniel, come and see. It's a phrase that occurs twice in this chapter. Once when Jesus is approached by Peter and Andrew, who have a question, to which Jesus answers, come and see. Let's talk together. And here, when Philip wants Nathaniel to know the truth that is dawned upon him, who is the Messiah, Philip says to Nathaniel, come and see. There's two parts to this invitation. There's a journey to make, Nathaniel. Come. Are you interested in really finding out? Are you willing to explore? There's a, a spiritual journey which needs to be wholehearted, which will ultimately be life-transforming. But there's also something to see. Notice, it's not an invitation to know faith, truth, right, grace are visible. Peter and Andrew and Nathaniel because they are seen in the life of Christ. Well, you say to me, but we're 2,000 years on. Yeah, but for us, one of the powerful and yet challenging aspects of John's gospel is this, that the notion that the grace and the truth and the light that have been visible in the life of Jesus will, by the power of the Holy Spirit, be visible in the life of his followers. Hey, that's you and me. Christian faith to be seen in the life of Jesus' followers, visible. Before it is audible, you, you say to me, Howard, come on, I can't be like that. I'm not worthy. In any case, I don't know how to. I never went to the seminar about this. Listen, it's not about achieving something. It's about becoming someone. It's about allowing the life of Christ, to live in us, to live through us. Finding faith, knowing, transforming grace of Christ alive in us because of his life and death and resurrection. Exploring faith, bringing all the questions we have, even the cynical ones, all the questions we have to the very feet of Jesus and to the orbit of the discussion about and visible faith. That is the attractive thing about Christian 
and about church, lived in the power of the Spirit. But this, this passage ends curiously for contemporary readers. For John gives us a glimpse of heaven. What does it mean for heaven to be open? I don't think it's about a beam of light which, on which winged angels and angelic beings dance about on our heads. But John includes these words because he wants us to know that in Jesus there is a cascade of grace. There's a waterfall of mercy. There's a conduit of truth. The truth that will set us free. free. Jesus will know us full well, but he will still liberate us. And truth that will expose injustice, that will highlight need, that will point to saving grace. Truth and saving grace that will point the way, sweep away those things of which we are ashamed. And wipe the slate clean. A mercy that offers a fresh start to you and to me. A new transformed beginning. But it all has to be seen. It all has to be real. It all has to work. It has to be visible in you and in me. And the passage makes clear for us that Jesus is the one to whom we come. Jesus is the one for whom the traffic from heaven to earth travels. There is a spiritual travel corridor. <laughs> and it is open. There's no need for a test. At either end, just come and see. See faith in action. Explore faith. Find faith. Friends, God knows about you already. God is alongside you already. God is knocking at the door of your life already. John's Gospel asks the question. Philip makes the invitation. Come and see. Will you? I hope so. God bless. Amen.